discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Say, I'm blessed. You know, when a child is growing up and keeps hearing words like, you are nothing, you foolish boy, you will not become anything in life. That child grows up believing what has been said, isn't it? And becomes what has been said over the years. If you keep saying something long enough, you end up believing it. And it will end up becoming your experience, your practical experience. So what you say makes all the difference. If a child is also told that he will be something, that he will be, he will be great, he will, he will do something in life, and that he's meant you know, for something bigger than what he sees, that child grows up believing what is being said and becomes what has been said. Hallelujah. So it's important what you say about yourself and what you say around you and what you hear. So important. There was an experiment that was conducted many years ago. Scientific experiment. They put a flower down, two flowers in a flower pot. You know, one here, the other here. Exposed to sunlight, to water, to everything that a plant needs to grow. But then the, the, the person conducting the experiment would come and speak bad words to this flower every morning and speak good words to this flower every morning. After about 20 days, 30 days, the one that had bad words spoken to it never grew, it never flourished. And the other one flourished and became beautiful. Even plants need to hear good words in order to become what they need to become. So you must speak good words to yourself. You must speak into your life. I'm blessed. Do you believe that you're blessed? I am not cursed. I am blessed. There's no curse on earth that can touch me. I am blessed. My life is for the glory of God. My life is beautiful. It's full of joy. It's full of health. It's full of glory. It's full of good finances. And my life is used by God to change many lives here on earth. I am the answer to the cry of millions. I am the answer to the cry of millions. Watch out world. I'm coming. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout. You may take your seat in heavenly places where you belong. Wow. God bless you, Pastor Likem, for setting up a very good stage, a good atmosphere for the word. Hallelujah. There's nothing like coming to preach when everybody's 
It's sad. It's difficult to create an atmosphere. But it's nice when you have an atmosphere created already. You can just flow. Hallelujah. So this morning I'm sharing with you on two kinds of unbelief. Two kinds of unbelief. Two kinds of unbelief. It's very important to hear these words. Okay? Are you ready? Two kinds of unbelief. If you read in the Bible, it says that just now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. And so many in so many places in the Bible. Romans chapter one, verse sixteen and seventeen mentions that verse sixteen says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, for in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The word just is righteous. My righteous sons and daughters shall live by faith. It's a glorious life of faith. Faith is the means of enjoying all the things that Jesus has done for you. All the things that God has accomplished in Christ Jesus for you. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. A Christian who is not interested in faith will never know how good the Lord is because he will never enjoy the goodness of God. Because everything in the Lord must be enjoyed by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him or to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is, and that he is a rewarder of all them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of all those who diligently seek him. Do you see? Yeah. It's, so it's, it's important that you, you, you put your faith to work. Faith is a joy. It's an exciting thing. Without, without it, you can't enjoy all the beauties of God. God makes glorious things available and then you, with your faith, take it and make it yours. You personalize it. Okay, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, he says that for by grace I saved. How? Through faith. For by grace I saved through faith. So without faith, you cannot enjoy salvation. It's impossible. Hallelujah. So faith is important. And living a glorious, living the life of faith is what brings you the joy of the Lord. The way to enjoy the, 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 the joys that comes with salvation is by faith. Hallelujah. Through faith you are able to access all the beautiful things that the Lord has made available through his grace, through his action in Christ. There's nothing like having healing in your body. It's so nice when the pain you are feeling suddenly vanishes and leaves your body completely and forever. It is, a, it is an enjoyable, it is nice. It is nice when your, your, your needs can be supplied or rather your needs can be met because of your faith in the supply of God. Whenever there's a need, you know, you, there's the supply. You, you key into the supply of God and you enjoy you know, the blessings of, of God's supply for you. Hallelujah. So it's a joy. I mean, without faith, you will, not en- you will not enjoy the Christian life. 
to all those who decide not to walk by faith end up not enjoying the Christian life. Yes, because without it, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. He is a rewarder of all those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, in our attempt to act at our faith or to put our faith to work, sometimes there's some unbelief. You know, unbelief tries to deny us of the beautiful things that God has made, has provided for us. Okay, through his word. And there are different kinds of unbelief. There are two main kinds of unbelief that um, I want to open your eyes to so that you can be wary of them and fight against them in order to be able to put your faith to work as God will have you. Are you interested in what I'm saying? If you read in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, we see a very powerful scripture, a very powerful word that lets us know that you could have faith or you can believe and still have unbelief at the same time. So this man was a man whose son was plagued with lunacy. He had a spirit that um, was epileptic in, in, in nature. When the spirit hits him, hits the boy, you know, the boy will, will have some seizures and will be, the Bible says that he was, he's been put in fire, you know, and all of that. If you go up, you see it. And um, the man brought the boy to Jesus' disciples and they could not heal him. Jesus had gone to the Mount of Transfiguration and had just come back. When he came, the man, he saw the commotion that was going on because the disciples were trying. They were doing all kinds of things, but it wasn't working. When the man saw Jesus, he cried to Jesus and said, Master, help us. Help me. Okay? Now, go up. What I want to say is in verse 24, but then go up to verse 23. I thought you would show us. 22. He says, and oft times it has... 21, go to 21. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? How long has it been since this boy started suffering this? He said of, he said of a child. And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So the man was putting a responsibility on Jesus. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And that's what normally we do. We want to put everything on Jesus, everything on, on the Lord. God, help me. Do something for me. It's true the Lord helps us and does things for us. But without your faith, he can't do much for you. Hallelujah. Now, actually, in the New Testament, he has actually done all that he needs to do. He's finished his work. And now it is up to you to use your faith to receive what he's finished on the cross of Christ, on the cross of Calvary. Are you seeing it? So, he says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus answered him and said, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So, it's like, it's not on me, it's on you. Can you believe? There was a day Jesus was walking on the streets and two blind men were following him. Can you imagine blind men trying to catch up with you who can see? You see the difficulty. But Jesus didn't mind them. And they followed him throughout town to his house. When he got to his house, he turned to them and asked, do you believe that I'm able to do this thing? The question is not, is he able to do it? The question is, are you, do you believe that I'm able to do it? He asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do it? And they said, Master, we believe. And he said, be it unto you according to your faith. And they got healed. So it's not a question of, can God do it? It's a question of, do you believe? Hallelujah. 
So Jesus said unto them, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Next verse. Now, the man's answer is very powerful. 24. And straight away, the father of the child cried out. I mean, he was tired. Sometimes believing becomes stressful. <laughs> Someone said it's very stressful. Yeah. Have you ever tried to um, pass an exam before? <laughs> Have you ever tried to pass an exam before? Is it a small thing? Oh, anyway, is it a small thing? Last week you were writing exams. Was it a small thing? Did you need to go through some pressure, some heat? Yeah, you have to go through some pressure and some heat to accomplish anything in life. Okay? There's some heat required. Some heat needs to be generated. Hallelujah. Our pastor just graduated. Is it, is it a PhD? Master's. Master's degree course. Very nuclear something something. With honors. She was telling me how she was struggling that it was not easy for her. Just some few weeks ago. Is it true? It's not true. It's true. But now she has come out. The struggles have brought results. It's just like pushing a baby out. If you decide that you're not going to push the baby out, mommy, what will happen? If you decide not to push the baby out, you will die. The baby will also die. Isn't it? Yeah. Mama, is it true? Yeah. Everybody, you will die. If you want to accomplish something, you, you need to understand it. Okay? It's called responsibility. And amazingly, responsibility is from two words. Responsibility. Two words. Response and ability. What it means is that responsibility in Christ is responding to the ability of God inside you. What you need to be able to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish is actually inside you. All you need to do is to respond to Him and His ability in you. That's all. So it's actually not as stressful as you think it, it would be. Because he gives you faith, okay, and he helps you to put your faith to work. All you need to do is to rely on him, learn to lean on him. And that's the difficulty. Normally we want to take things into our own hands. Let's, let me sort myself. It's like Sarah bringing Abraham Isaac. I'm too tired. I've been waiting for a long time. My friend, this one too can have a child. Go and go and. So helping God... It's a walk out of faith. It's a step out of faith. Maybe next week I'll talk about the excellence of faith. So that you see the degree of the expression of people's faith in the Bible. And how some allowed men to help them. And how God was not happy that they allowed men to help them. Yes. Hallelujah. So a man cried out. It can be stressful. I remember one, some years ago. We were believing God for a child. My wife and I. And we're playing a lot of faith messages. We played a lot of faith messages for, for months. And at a point, we said, this thing is stressful. Yeah, we said, Charlie, I'm tired. My wife said, I'm tired. So I said, it's true. We're all tired. What is all this? Like, we're putting our faith to work and the thing is not working as you. Hey. So the man cried out and said, have you cried out to the Lord before? Like, Lord, help me. This was his cry. He cried out to the Lord and said with tears, Lord, I believe. I believe. It's not I believe, Lord. Help down my unbelief. I believe, but I know I have unbelief too. My, my faith is shaking. Help my unbelief. So it is possible to believe and yet have unbelief. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe. Help thou my unbelief. So, in your attempt to believe, in your attempt to express faith, there's some unbelief that could become a bother. Hallelujah. Don't look at her. Look at me. So, I want to help you with some, with some understanding so that your faith, can, your, your faith can work. God wants your faith to work. Tell me about God wants your faith to work. Yeah. So he wants to teach you how to, how to put it to work. Okay? Go to verse 23. So nice. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are how many things? How many things? Is that not exciting for you? Is that not exciting? Is it not exciting to know that if you believe, all things are actually possible to you? It's exciting. It should not bring you stress at all. It says, if you can believe, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. There are two people that have all things being possible to them. It's the one who believes and then God. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And all things are possible to the one who believes. Hallelujah. So number one, unbelief. Two kinds of unbelief. Number one, did you bring your notebook and your pen? You need to write. Okay? Number one is unbelief due to a lack of knowledge of the word. Number one, unbelief due to a lack of knowledge of the word. Unbelief due to a lack of knowledge of the word. If you want to cure that unbelief, what do you do? You need to hear the word. You need to know the word. In Romans chapter 10, verse 7, this is, this is it. Most Christians don't have unbelief because of a, lack of, the, of, of a lack of knowledge. Just simple lack of knowledge of the word of God. And I'm going to show you what I'm talking about when I say lack of knowledge. Okay? In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible says that, So then faith cometh how? By hearing. Not by prayer. Faith does not come by prayer. And, pray, and faith by... No. It says, faith, so then faith cometh by hearing. So stop praying about something you're supposed to hear about. A lot of Christians like to pray about things they are not supposed to pray about. Because it's already been accomplished. You need to believe it. Put your faith to work so that you can have your result. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's as simple as that. Hearing the word of God brings you faith. Not hearing the word of God brings you unbelief. And puts you into the Thomas kind of faith. I spoke about that last week, right? Yeah. One day Jesus went to his hometown in Mark chapter 6. He had been doing wonderful healings in other places. In Capernaum, in Jerusalem and all of that. He came to his own place, his own hometown in Nazareth where he was raised. And the Bible says that when he got there, the people looked at him and said, Ah, is this not the son of, of Joseph? Is this not Mary's son? Is it not the carpenter's son? We know him. We know his brother. Are his brothers here not, here not, uh, not here with us? 
They mentioned Jesus' brother's names. Without them, we would never, we would never have known Jesus' brother's names. They started mentioning. We know his brothers, James and Joseph and Judah and Simon. So Jesus had four other brothers apart from himself. The next to him was James and then Joseph and Judah and Simon. Then he says, and are not the sisters here with us? Do you have sisters as well? He had sisters as well. You know, sometimes people, people read the Bible um, with a prejudiced mind, okay? And so you, you should never approach the Word of God with a prejudiced mind. Oh, approach the Bible, a Bible, the Bible with an open mind. To want to know and want to learn. One of the questions some people are asking is, is on social media. I've, I've seen one Nigerian actor ask that question. Uh, where did Cain find his wife? Adam is recorded that Adam and Eve were created by God. Then all of a sudden in chapter 5, in chapter 4, we, we see um, Cain killing his, and they gave birth to Cain and Abel. Two guys. And then all of a sudden we hear that Cain kills Abel, and then all of a sudden Abel goes away to the land of Nod, gets a wife, gives birth, and then starts his generation. So who were the people in the land of, of Nod? Who were they? Is another question? It's a question, but then that question is there because you've not read your Bible well. Okay? So let me just answer that particular question for you. Genesis chapter... I've answered it so many times, but I want to answer it again. Genesis chapter 4. Let's read from verse 1. And Adam knew knew Eve his wife. The word knew means to have intimacy. It means to have sex with his wife. So Adam had sex with his wife. That's what he's saying. Okay? And she conceived and bare king and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Did you notice what Eve said? Eve said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now, other versions will let you know and explain this to you and let you know that Eve said, at long last, I have a male child from the Lord. Meaning that she had female children before this male child came. In Israel, women are not counted. Okay? It's been a culture of um, the Orient. The Orientals don't... When we say Orient, do you understand? Asia. Okay? Asia Minor and Major. They don't count women. Women are not mentioned. Women are not named. In the genealogy of Jesus, if you notice, they mention only three women. Tamar, um, Rachel, and then Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. The rest were all male. Because it's not part, they don't, they don't, that's, that's, women are not mentioned. It's not a prejudice against women. It, it wasn't a misogynist world. No, that was just how it was. So, female children were not accounted for. They were not mentioned. It's in several places in the Bible. For instance, when Jesus fed the 5,000, they said he fed 5,000 men. But there were women and children there. They weren't mentioned. Why? Because women and children are normally not counted. When they were counting, in the book of Numbers, when they were counting, they numbered the men for the purposes of having, knowing what you can have with respect to an army. Women and children don't fight. It is men who fight. And even the counting is done with people from 18 years and above. Okay? And that's the, that, is what is, that is what is mentioned. That's the idea that is given to us in the whole of the Bible, throughout the Bible. It is in the New Testament after Christ had died and risen that women were mentioned. So during Jesus' time, women were mentioned. 
Okay, and after his death and resurrection, women were also mentioned in Romans chapter 16 when we were giving a record of the people who had helped in the church. They mentioned Paul mentioned a lot of women, something that was not done on a normal day because in the New Testament everything changes. That is what I'm talking about. So if you read other versions, if you have ISV, International Standard Version, Genesis 4:1. Genesis 4:1. Later, Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve. It's very plain, eh? King James was hiding it. I, as we have said it. Uh-huh. She became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have given birth to a male child, the Lord. I have given birth to what? A male, a male child. child. Meaning that she had female children. Are you in the church? She had female children. So Cain married one of his sisters and left with one of his sisters. That is why you have a record of his life on the other side, outside the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis 5, verse what? Verse 4. Look at Genesis 5, 4. That's a very powerful scripture. It says, The days of Adam after he had, he, he father said were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Have you seen it? He had other sons and daughters. He had daughters, plenty of daughters actually. And he had daughters before his sons started coming. But the progeny is counted through the sons, not through the daughters. So when Cain, and, when Cain killed Abel and Cain left, it was as though Adam didn't have a child. But he had other children. When he gave birth to another son, Seth, then his progeny was, his genealogy was counted from Seth. But he had other sons and daughters. So don't let anybody deceive you and say that, oh, Adam was created here is Adam Eve, Cain Abel. Cain killed Abel. All of a sudden, Abel, Cain finds a wife and starts giving birth. No. He married one of his sisters. And that was how it was during that time. You marry one of your sisters. Seth also married one of his sisters. Yes. All of them, yeah. They just married themselves and then they continue life. Now it is not like that. When you do that, it's called incest. <laughs> Approach the Bible with an open mind, isn't it? So there are two kinds of unbelief. Two kinds. A lack of knowledge of the word. A simple lack of knowledge of the word. Simple lack of knowledge of the word. And it is cured by teaching. So I was showing you in, in uh, Mark chapter 6, if you remember. Do you remember? Yeah. Mark chapter 6. The siblings of Jesus are mentioned. So, ha, is this where it started from, isn't it? The siblings of Jesus... The male sons are mentioned, but the, females, the female daughters are, not, the daughters are not mentioned. It's because of that principle, okay? It's not just the carpenter, the son of Mary, verse 3, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us, and they were offended at him. They were not happy at him at all. Next verse. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin and in his own house. Next verse. And he could there do no mighty work. This is Jesus. The miracle worker, the one who walks on water, the one who spoke for fishes to come, the one who turned water into wine, the one who, who brought the dead back to life, the one who called someone not been dead for four days back to life. The Bible says he could dare do no mighty work. He couldn't do any mighty work. Except that he laid hands, his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. There are other versions that say a few people with minor ailments. So headache, you know, nose pain, 
I have, a, I have an itch in my ear. Oh, be healed. And then the itch will leave. But power that someone will be raised from uh, the ground and all of that. Like raised from the dead, crippled walking and all of that. It wasn't happening there. Why? Next verse. And he could there do no mighty work. Says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Now, the Bible didn't say he didn't do any mighty work. Go back to verse 5. He didn't say he didn't do any mighty work. If he says he didn't do any mighty work, that means that he chose not to. He could there do no mighty work. He couldn't. He could there do no, do no mighty work. He couldn't, meaning that he tried. Someone is blind, he lays his hands on him and says, Open your eyes. Blind be healed. And the guy will say, I can't see anything. Uh-uh. I'm blind. You say, I should, I should see. How can I see? You are forcing me to see. I can't see. Someone is not walking. He says, rise up and walk. You say, rise up and walk. How? How can this? This is a foolish instruction. The person cannot walk. Yet you say, rise up and walk. That is a foolish instruction to someone who can't walk. No be so. Yeah. He couldn't. He tried and it didn't work. Why? Because of their own belief. He says, and he was, he marveled. He was shocked. He was, he, he was shocked at their own belief. And he marveled because of their own belief. Their lack of faith in him. They didn't have knowledge concerning him and so they, they couldn't believe. The knowledge they had concerning him was that he was a carpenter's son. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. That was the knowledge they had. They didn't have a proper knowledge of him concerning the fact that he's a son of God. He's the Christ of God. And he is the power of God in there. They didn't know that. I see him. They had carnal, normal knowledge. Natural truths. You remember last week? Natural truths. They didn't have word of knowledge, truth concerning him. So he couldn't do any mighty work. Now, how did he cure them? Bible says, and he marveled because of their unbelief, verse 6, and he went round about the villages teaching. The way to cure them of their unbelief was through teaching. So the way to cure unbelief is through teaching. Through hearing the word. This kind of unbelief, which is a lack of knowledge, unbelief due to a lack of knowledge of God's word, is cured by teaching, by hearing the word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Not by prayer, but by hearing. So you need to hear, and you need to know. If you don't hear, you will not know. What you don't know, you will never know, irrespective of your age. Age does not cure you of unbelief. Time does not cure you of unbelief. It is the word of God that cures you of unbelief. And without the knowledge of God's word, you will not have faith. Because faith comes how? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hosea 4, 6. Look at this. This is so remarkable. My people are destroyed. My people. God's people. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed. The word destroyed means to be cut from the blessings of God. So my people are cut from the blessings of God or cut from my blessings because of a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. You have, you shall, thou shalt be no more priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. He says you have rejected knowledge. My people are cut short. They perish because of a lack of knowledge. So it's important you know the word. It's important you know the word. Tell everybody it's important you know the word. 
oh, how many Christians are walking in unbelief because of a simple lack of knowledge of the word. Yes, they don't know. So in Psalm 82 from verse 1, this is important. If you catch this, you'll be cured of a lot of unbelief. You'll be walking in faith like you walk normally on a, in a normal day. On a, you'll be walking on water and it'll be normal. Yeah. Knowledge of God's word. So important. You can't throw it out. You throw it out, unbelief is there. Lack of knowledge. Psalm 82 from verse 1, it says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. Hmm? He says, God stands in the congregation of what? Of the mighty. God is standing in the congregation of the mighty. What's the congregation of the mighty? You and I. God stands in our midst. He says, he judges among the gods. Who are the gods? You and I. He shows it to you as you go on. Next verse. How long will you judge unjustly? He says, how long will you, who is the mighty, judge unjustly? And accept the persons of the wicked. How long will you allow wickedness to flow and flourish around you? Defend the poor. You defend the poor. And the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. You have the ability to do justice for the afflicted and the needy. Next verse. <laughs> do you understand what he's saying? He says, we can bring prosperity to our world. We can change our world. We can change many lives. This morning when we were coming, I saw a child on the street. And as I looked at the child, my son, was, my son was in the car. And the Lord told me, do you know your son could have ended up on the streets like this? So the boy on the streets is actually your son. Picture him as your son on the streets. I said, wow, I must rise up to do something for these people. It really hits my heart. It hits my heart. Because I can't imagine my son on the streets begging can you imagine yours on the streets maybe you don't have any but when it comes to you you know and he says that the one on the street is is actually your son it's your son it's like wow hallelujah deliver the poor and needy read them out of the hand of the wicked next verse then he says they know not who who does not know the mighty, the mighty ones, the children of God. He says they know not. Neither will they understand. So they make a choice not to understand. The knowledge is there, but you need to go for it. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. Follow me very carefully. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of cost. So all the problems we see around, it's not, it's not God's fault. It's actually the children of God's fault. All things are out of course because of us. We have the power to change, make changes. Jesus took all the power and gave it to us. The problem in the government is because of us. If the president was saved in a certain way, if the ministers were saved in a certain way, if all of those people were saved in a certain way, a lot of things would be different. So it is not, it is not anybody, it's our fault. They know not, neither would they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods. God says, I have said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. I have said that you are God. Jesus quoted the scripture in John chapter 10. He said, ah, if he said to the children that they are gods, how much more the one who comes from God? Because Jesus said that I and my father are one. And when he said, I am a, John 10, 30, isn't it? When he said, I am my father are one, they took up stones to stone him. Then he said, ah, what are you stoning me for? Can you look at it? Can we look at it? I and my father are one. Next verse, verse 31. Then the Jews took up stones to stone 
again to stone him. Next verse. Jesus answered, answered that many good works have I showed from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? Which of, I've done so many good things. Which, are, which of them are you stoning me for? Next verse. This, the, the, the Jews answered him saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because thou, that thou being a man, makest thyself God. He says, you, you are a man and you, you are making yourself God. How can you say you and, you and the Father are one? You and God are one? What do you mean? So they took up stones to stone him. Then he said, Jesus replied, answered them, Is it not written in your law, I have said ye are gods? What, what scripture was he quoting? What I just mentioned to you. Psalm 82, verse 5. I have said ye are gods. Is it not written in your law that... I have said you are God. Next verse. Go back to John, please. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, the ones who have the word, he says he called them gods. And the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. So if he has called you gods, then it means that you are gods. The scriptures cannot be broken. How say ye? Next verse. Say you of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent you to the world that. Thou blasphemy because I said I am the son of God. I mean, I'm, I came from heaven. The ones to whom the word of God came were called gods. And the word of God cannot be broken. If they are called gods, how much more me? Wow. Jesus was a very wild guy, ain't it? Yeah, he spoke big. He said big things. You to learn to talk big. Don't say, I don't know about myself. I don't know who I am. Or whom. I'm struggling so much. Every time this thing comes into my life, I become some way. And pastor, I'm depressed. Stop talking like that. Jesus never said he was depressed. He never said he was depressed. Never say you are depressed. Do your best. Never say I'm depressed. See, I'll never say I'm depressed. Only three people said it. See, I'll never say I'm depressed. I'm strong. I'm full of vigor. Full of wisdom. I know what to do all the time because the Holy Ghost is in me. He's the spirit of wisdom in me. Therefore, I do not lack wisdom. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout if you have a voice. So he says, I have said that ye are gods. Go back to Psalm 82, verse 5. I have said that ye are gods, and you are the children of the Most High. But you shall die like men. Next verse, verse 7. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes of this world, actually. Why? Why are they dying like men and falling like one of the princes of this world? Because they don't know, neither will they understand. Knowledge is important. You see, after you are born again, the next thing you need is the knowledge of God's word. What you don't know, you will not become. Okay? Knowledge. So knowledge cures you of unbelief. Hearing the word. Cures you of unbelief. Getting to know the word cures you of unbelief. Look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9. Proverbs 11, verse 9. Help me, Jesus. I have so many things to share with you. <laughs> Look at this. It says, An hypocrite with his mouth destroyed his neighbor. With his mouth. Meaning that your mouth can destroy your own life and destroy your neighbor. <laughs> your mouth. You can build or destroy with your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Sister, say something nice for your life. Oh. I am 35. I don't have a husband. Sister, say something nice for your life. Even if I turn 45, I'll be gloriously married. I'll have my children. They'll be nice. I'll have three boys and two girls. <laughs> you must give birth to a lot of children. Do you understand? Don't do one or two. You regret in the future. When they all leave you, you are like, hey, I'm alone. You have to have five, six, so that when 
four or older, two will be with you. <laughs> Make pl- have plans to have a child when you are 40. So that when you are 60, 65, they will still be around. <laughs> uh, yeah, have plans to have a child, one child be around when you are 45. It's important. Ask Mama Lou, she will tell you. 45, like around. <laughs> or adopt some. Eh, adopt some. I have plans of adopting one, one son or daughter. Yeah, to be with me in my family. Yes, it will happen one of these days. Yeah, hallelujah. And hypocrite of his mouth destroyed his neighbor. But through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Through knowledge shall the just. Who is the just? The righteous sons and daughters of God. This is deliverance. He's talking about deliverance. How many of you know deliverance? You see, he's not talking about deliverance from devils and from Satan. Your deliverance from devils and Satan occurred and happened in Christ. The believer does not need to be delivered. There's nothing a Christian needs to be delivered from. If demons are chasing you, it's in your imagination. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. You, you were delivered a long time ago on the cross of Calvary. Colossians 1 verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of, of the inheritance of the saints in light. Next verse. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? He has. Don't, can't you understand English? He says, who has? He delivered us a long time ago. Who has? He delivered us a long time ago. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Our location is in the kingdom of his dear son. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is your location. Far above all principality and power. No principality, no power, no demon, no witch, no nothing can touch you in that place. That's where you are seated. If you have that knowledge, you will not be afraid of any demonic maneuver. You will not start praying certain prayers. Lord, any demon who is maneuvering against me, any demon who is keeping me bound, no demon can keep you bound. What keeps you bound is knowledge. 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 What binds Christians is the lack of knowledge. Through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Your knowledge of God's word will deliver you. Knowledge. That's what you need. Knowledge. That's what you need. Why is the devil chasing you? Or chasing that young lady? The devil chases that young lady because that young lady does not know that the devil is not supposed to chase him. She doesn't know. The day she finds out, she'll be set free. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Shall make you free. Abba says, shall make you free. The truth, just knowing the truth, liberates you. Knowing the truth liberates you. You know the truth, you are delivered. Delivered from his trouble into his inheritance. Delivered from his sickness into his health. It's all knowledge. Through knowledge shall the just, my just ones, be delivered. So, you should not joke with knowledge. (laughs) Don't joke with knowledge of God's word. Okay? Don't joke with the knowledge of God's word. And I'm going to say some things to you. Very soon. Because some people don't understand what it means to go for knowledge. Jesus spoke about the key of knowledge. Luke chapter 11, verse 52. Luke 11, 52. Woe unto you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Knowledge is a key. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in you hindered. He says, you have taken away the key of knowledge. He was talking to the lawyers, the Pharisees. 
They weren't teaching what they were supposed to teach. They weren't saying what they were supposed to, they were supposed to say. So they had kept the knowledge of God's word away from the people. Jesus said that you have made, you have set aside the word of God and you are, you are teaching the, the traditions of men. Yeah, they were teaching the traditions of men. So they are taking, by doing that, they are taking the key of knowledge. How It's happening in the church so much. You should, be, you should hear what is being preached in many places. Stories. Things that are not in, in line with God's word. So the people of God don't have knowledge of God's word. They don't know. So even the person is in the church, has been in the house of God for a long time, because of what is being thought and the fact that knowledge is being withheld from him, they don't know a lot. A lot of unbelief. I don't want to go into details, but you know what I'm talking about. He says, you teach, hmm? but in vain do they worship me. Matthew 19, Matthew 15 verse 9. But in vain do they worship me. Teaching for doctrines, the commandment of men. They teach for doctrine. Yes. Teaching, real teaching, as the word of God, but it's the commandment of men. So many things. Ladies should not wear trousers. There's someone preaching right now. Big! Don't wear trousers as a lady. If you're a child of God, don't wear trousers. Wearing trousers will bring demons into your VJJ. Yeah. Don't wear certain, don't wear wig. Wig is from under the sea. Lipo, lipo, makeup. You know lipo, lipo? Lipstick and all of that is from the devil. Music, certain types of music, like Christian gospel songs, like rap, this one, is from the devil. Hey. We are the light of the world, don't you understand? We give definition to this world. If they have corrupted something, we are the ones who make it correct. Yeah. It's not supposed to become a teaching, a doctrine. Says they have left the word of God, and they are teaching for doctrine, the commandment of men. So the key of knowledge is taken away by the Pharisees, or the ones in charge. They teach men's doctrine, and not God's word. So that people can't have faith, they can't have... So you have, someone has been in the church for a long time, the person is plagued with sickness, and does not know what to do. The person is poor, and does not know what to do. The person can't evangelize, and does not know what to do. The person cannot win a soul. He can't raise somebody in the Lord. He doesn't know what to do because he's not been taught. He doesn't know if it's, it's even his responsibility. If every Christian knew that he had a responsibility of making one person born again and raising that person in a year, we'll win all seven billion people on this earth within two years. Yes. But a lot of Christians are being taught to stay, to sit, and to enjoy the word it's like you your family your children you know it's just you your car your house your laptop your buggering your visa that's all you know jesus didn't die for car he didn't die for visa he didn't die for houses what is car what is house he died for the souls of men and he's depending on you to get to them it's not his responsibility he's done his he's left it you are you are the mighty you are the one to do what needs to be done so we shouldn't be asking god questions why is this happening in Syria? Why is this one? If the Syria president and all the Hezbollah, whoever, are born again, everything will be fine. So knowledge is important. Say knowledge is important. Now, to show you the importance of knowledge, God gives us some, some scriptures in the Bible to show us the, the weights. Okay? The weights, okay, of that information. Revelations... 
chapter 10, verse 1. This is so important. Revelation chapter 10, verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel. Now, look at the description of this mighty angel. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. So this mighty angel was clothed with a cloud. The dress he had was not made of cotton. He was clothed with a cloud. And a rainbow was upon his head. Have you seen how big a rainbow is? All the big rainbow was his head. That shows you the size of the angel. And his face was as it were the sun. Can you look into the sun? And his feet. So look at how big the sun is. His face was like the sun. And his feet as pillars of fire. Next verse. And he had in his hand a little book. Little book open. What is book for? It's book for wiping your butt. Your butt. <laughs> Unfortunately, in Africa, it happens in certain places. Books are for... I mean, someone's certificate was used for Kilewele. His CV. Someone's CV, Kilewele. Wow. And he had in his book, he had in his hand, a little book. Okay? Open. A little book. Open. Philippians is a little book. Galatians, it's a little book. Jude, a very little book, minute book. Philemon, it's a very little book. This angel, this mighty, big, glorious angel whose face was like the sun was holding a little book open. And his, he sets his right foot upon the sea, not on the seashore. You see, he says his right foot was upon the sea and his left foot on the earth. You can't do that. You can't put one of your legs in the sea and one on the seashore. The waves will go and come. You realize that you are standing on the seashore. You are not actually inside. His, one of his foot was on, upon the sea, in the middle of the sea. And the other foot was upon the earth. Very mighty angel. What did he have? A little book. Open. All he had was a little book open. A little book open. Go down to verse 6. There are nice things said about him, but then... Go to verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven spoke unto me again and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. Go and take it. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it. What do you do with the little book? Take it and eat it up. Take it and eat it up. Eat the knowledge in the book. Eat the book. And it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Eat the book. So we are not talking about casual browsing of the word. We are talking about eating the word. Years ago I preached on how to eat the word. You should hear it. Eating the word. He says, eat it. Eat it. Next verse. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and I ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. Next verse. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again. Before many peoples, your ministry will not go forward if you don't have that little book. If you don't have that knowledge in that little book, that book in there, in the Bible, or that book that someone has written, that God leads you to. If you don't get the knowledge, you are finished. You see, I'm a pastor. 
I function by knowledge. I function by words. Hallelujah. All I'm doing is based on knowledge that I've received through God's word. And through the anointed ministers that he has given to me to hear from. The more I hear them, the more encouraged I become. The more motivated I become. The more I'm able to do what he wants me to do. The more I know what to do per time. If you cut off from the one God has sent to you, you are cutting off your life supply. Wow. Wow. Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. If you read in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1, you see, a, you see the same thing there. It's, it starts in chapter 2. Last two verses of chapter 2. Ezekiel chapter 2. Am I preaching to you? Yeah. Are you learning anything? Yeah. Knowledge. Say knowledge. Yeah. I must eat the word. Say I must eat the word. Yeah. You want your unbelief to go away? Yeah. Know the word. Know the word. Go to verse 9. And when I looked, behold, an, an hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. He says, a hand was sent to me, and a, a, a roll of a book was therein in the person's hand. Next verse. And he, pre- he spread before me, and it was written within and without. Writings. Within and without. And there was write, written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. Next verse. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat what I'm showing to you. Eat this rule and go speak unto the house of Israel. Eat it. I'm preparing you for supper. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that rule. I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that rule. And it was so. Next verse. And he said unto me, and he said unto Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Next verse. And he said unto me, Son of man, go get thee into the house of unto the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. So if you eat the word, it will be in you, and you can speak it. Faith functions by speaking, isn't it? As is written, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. You will not have anything to say. Your confessions will be full of. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. No word. Because there's no word inside. You must get the word inside. Hallelujah. So how do you cure this kind of unbelief? By teaching, by hearing the word. By hearing the word, isn't it? If you want that unbelief to go away, hear the word. Hear the word. Tell me, but hear the word. Hear the word. God bless you for listening. We pray that the Word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the Word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.